0: Chapter two. Enough said about that, brother Adam. Uh, you please come and teach us this morning. All right, Ruth, chapter two in our Bibles this morning. Speaking of being hungry, Amen. That's where our that's where our account picks up here in Ruth chapter two. Two weeks ago, uh, left off talking about God's perfect plan and how things were starting to come together and the and the beginnings of God's perfect plan. And and uh, there have been a handful of times in my life where. Something happened, and you just had to step back and look at it and go, God did this, yes. you know? And that's just the greatest feeling in all the world, to know that I didn't manufacture this. I didn't make this up. I didn't make this happen. It just worked because I trusted in the Lord, like we sang about this morning. Amen? But Ruth chapter 2, we're going to read the first two verses to start here this morning. The Bible says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the, fam- uh, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz." And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. And so the first, uh, I kind of split the first 10 or so verses of chapter 2 up into some sections here. And I uh, always, uh, like I said last week, I always try to alliterate them for my own uh, memory's sake. But the first thing that I see here is a search for grace. A search for grace, a, uh, a longing for someone to, 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 to have grace in their desperate hour of need uh, that they had. And uh, go ahead and t- turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Amen. Hebrews 4 and verse 16. The Bible says this: it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In time of need. And what jumps out in this verse to me immediately is how we're supposed to come. We're supposed to come boldly unto the throne of grace. And I don't know about you, but if I were entering into the throne room of an actual king and I had a request for them, I would be quite nervous. But the reason why we might be nervous in that situation is is one reason alone we don't know the king that well. But if I knew the king, and I knew that he loved me, and I knew that he wanted what was best for me, and I'd seen his hand in his dealings, I then could come boldly before his throne, knowing that he would hear me and that he would uh, that I would find grace in his sight. Amen? And so uh, being bold before the throne of grace requires us to live righteously. It requires us to know God the Father really well. Amen? Uh, And we have to be confident that we are in good standing with our Heavenly Father. Um, The illustration that I thought of for this was when one of my children have done something that they know is wrong, and how strangely they start avoiding mom and dad. Um, And then when you do call them, they won't look you right in the eyes, and they kind of look off to the side, and they look up at you, and you're thinking, okay, what did you do? Where is it? What have you drawn on? What have you broken? All right. Uh, what, what have you, you know, what have you lost? What, whatever, whatever the, you know, the case is. Because they know in their heart that they don't have a good standing. And so they can't, they can't make that connection with you, you know. And so, um, and as kids get older too, they stop the, the looking away and things like that. But they just avoid time with mom and dad. Because they know they have sin in their, their, their lives. They know they have something between you. That they are hiding and uh and so how can we come boldly before the throne of grace if we are not in good standing with the king who sits on the throne amen and so uh, uh she came and she said i've i've done everything that i know that is right i'm gonna go and, and try to find grace in this man's sight amen uh psalm chapter 37 and verse 3 psalm 37 and verse 3 and and i was looking at verses on god's goodness. In, in preparation for this morning. And I read this verse and I thought, is there a better verse in the Bible that sums up the story of Ruth up to this point? Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. I mean, that's the, that's the story of Ruth up to this point. She's, she's let go of what she had her trust and she's trusted in the God of Naomi. She's trusted in Jehovah. She's gone and tried to do what she know is right. And, and and the Bible's promise comes true here. Uh, 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 so shalt thou dwell in the lamb, and verily thou shalt be fed. Amen. Uh, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter six. Genesis chapter six. We're going to read verses eight and nine of Genesis chapter six. Here's another story of of a man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter six, verses eight. Uh, verse eight says, "But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah." Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And why did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? It's right there in verse number 9. He was a just man and perfect in his generations. Amen? There is, there is a, when we go seeking after grace, we need to make sure that we are in good standing, with our Heavenly Father. Uh, just like that child that comes and, and uh, wh- whenever, um, I use this illustration all the time with the teenagers in, in uh, Bible class, but whenever, uh, when, whenever I was a kid, I had a, my best friend's name was Bronson. And, uh, and, and Bronson and I had a scheme every week that we would try to pull because you got to go over to your friend's house on Sunday afternoon. You know, it's the perfect time, because then you can meet back up, you know, Sunday night at church. And so I'm going to go hang out at Bronson's house, or he's going to come over to mine. And what did I do? I went to my parents and asked if Bronson could come over, right? No, I had Bronson go to my parents and ask if I could come over. Why? Because they didn't know Bronson's faults and failures of the week. They knew how I had behaved. They knew that. And I knew that there's no way they're going to say yes to me because I was terrible yesterday on Saturday. I was awful. But if I send Bronson, yes, then then, uh, they, then he will find grace in their sight, Amen. Uh, and, and possibly, maybe, be able to be able to come over, forgetting in that moment that I definitely did not deserve to to have what I wanted. But we ought to be able to come to God like that. We ought to be able to come to him and say, Lord, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. I've I've done my very best to follow your word. As far as I know, I'm in good standing with you. And Lord, these these are some promises that you've given in your word to care for me and, 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 and that you'll love me and that you're going to help me. And I need your grace right now. I need your help. And the Bible promises us that that grace will come in time of need, just like it came for Noah. I can't think of a greater time of need than an imminent flood that was going to wipe out almost all of humanity on this earth. And in the middle of that, Noah found the grace that he needed in his life. Turn to Second Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number nine. And the Bible says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And I, and I understand as a Christian that when I go through those times that are hard, when I go through those times where I feel weak, where I, where I don't have the strength to get through, that, that if I would just simply let go of, my desire to do it myself and instead trust in the Lord, do right, do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, verily thou shalt be fed. There it is right there again. But we want to do it ourselves. We want to make our way ourselves. And, and uh, here's Paul saying he takes pleasure in, infirm, in uh, his infirmities. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet. In hindsight, I'll look back and recognize, oh, the Lord was taking me through something, and He was trying to show me something. But in the moment, in that moment of weakness, in that moment of adversity or infirmity, or or however you want to define it, I have a really hard time seeing it as as a chance for God to show Himself mighty. When that's exactly what it is. Every single trial that we go through is a chance for God to show Himself mighty. And here is here is Ruth saying, "Yes, I'm in the middle. We're in the middle of a desperate situation." All right. Uh, uh, we're hungry. We don't have a means to feed ourselves. What are we going to do? I'm going to go. I'm not going to try to. I'm not going to try to just do this on my own. I'm going to go to one I know I may find grace in his sight. I'm going to go and seek help. We need help. I need a lot of help. But we, we we all need help as Christians, and it's there for us. But we just have to let go of our desire to do things ourselves and say, Lord, I need your grace. Uh, I need your strength. Right now, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness and our desperate times do not catch God off guard. In our most difficult hours, it is wonderful to know that we can find grace in God's sight as his child, amen. Uh, Naomi wasn't bothered by her predicament She just ran to the one that she knew could see her through it. And that's the way that we're supposed to to live our Christian lives, amen? So that's a search for grace, amen? Uh, Turn back to Ruth chapter 2, and let's look at verse 3 together. Hopefully, you're kind of holding the finger there in that point. We're going to go back and forth a bit. Ruth chapter 2, verse number 3 says this. I'm going to read through verse 7. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, Uh, And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Uh, uh, Hap was to light. Uh, 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 Had to look this up. I kind of knew the meaning, but I wanted to make sure that I I fully understood that. A hap is kind of short for a happenstance. A a fortuitous event or chance uh, is how it's defined. And to light upon something is kind of also the same kind of idea. Uh, Happened upon it. uh, Stumbled upon it. There it was. Um, she came to the field, she began to glean, and it was the right place, again, the right place at the right time. And not fortuitous, it was the will of God. It was exactly where she needed to be, amen? And so she she just picked a spot and started in, and it's going to end up being the perfect spot, because in just a moment here, Boaz is going to catch eyes with Ruth at just the right time, amen? Um her hap to delight on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set uh, over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitish uh, damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Amen. So the second thing that I see here at the, in the first part of Ruth chapter 2 is a story of gleaning. A story of gleaning. Gleaning, all right, uh, uh, prob- uh, probably a term that we hear many, many times used in a lot of different illustrations and sermons and so forth, but gleaning means to gather leftover grain or other produce after a harvest. Right behind them, uh, uh, the widows and those who were in desperate need could go and they could gather what they needed for their day Right behind, uh, 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 right behind those who were harvesting whatever crop it was. And I find it interesting that it's kind of direct, directly tied to, to the prayer that Christ gave to the disciples, give us this day our daily bread, right behind you, gathering exactly what I need for today. Just enough that I know that you can provide for me, but that I'm not set for tomorrow, that I have to come back to again and again and again and come and glean. And you say, well, why not gather enough for, for the entire season, for the entire season? Because, because there was there was comfort found in every day being able to go to that field and know that it was going to be there for you and know that you were going to be able to get what was for today and it kept a, uh, a spirit of gratitude that I'm going to talk about later, amen? But it kept that going in, in in a person's life and so gleaning was, it was a really common practice back then. As a matter of fact, that was what uh, the Lord had set up as a plan for, for, for uh, feeding uh, uh, widows and their children and, and those who are unable to to work in other ways Amen. And so it was a really common practice. And so I'm sure Boaz being a mighty man of wealth, as verse one describes for us, would have had gleaners in his field all the time of of all different ages and and backgrounds. And so for him to say, who's that? Whose damsel is that? Or whose damsel is this? Amen. He caught eyes with her and there was something about her that caught his eyes. It was, it was love at first sight right there for, for Boaz as, as, as he looked at her, amen? And uh, uh, I, I'm not sure what it was, there was, but there was something about her. She was in the exact right place, the exact right time to catch eyes with the man that God had uh, uh, set aside for her, amen? And uh, it's a really special thing to see the plan of God come uh, and work out, amen? Amen. Um, Uh, It's a little bit before my time, but it always makes uh, me think of the quote. I I love it when a plan comes together. That's a little bit before my time, but amen. Um, uh, She put in all the strength and determination that she could muster, even in the midst of her impoverished condition. She did not allow her situation to determine her attitude or her effort. At the end of verse 7 there, even from the morning until now. She's been out here and she's been gleaning, gathering what she needs for her and for her mother-in-law in in this desperate time. Again, she could have said, life has dealt me a bad hand here. I've come back. I have nothing. And she could have just been kind of walking around, just kind of kicking it. She was putting in every ounce. She was putting in every effort that she would have had she been one of the harvesters. She was out there putting in every ounce of effort. And it was seen. It was seen by those servants because when he asked, he didn't just say, "Oh, that's Ruth." He said, "That's Ruth, and she's been here from the morning until now, and she's been working really hard." Amen. And so it was noticed by those around her that even in the middle of her uh, uh, her problems, our problems are not a good excuse for us to quit on what we're doing. Our uh, uh, I, I feel like far too many uh, I've seen. I'm, I'm I'm 31 years old. I'm 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 not that old. I'm. You know, uh, uh, you know, but not at all, not at all. But I'm old enough to have seen a great deal of Christians walk away from their ministry because of a problem that's going on in their lives. That's not the time to quit working. A problem in your life, that's not the time to quit working. That's the time to work harder. That's the time to say, uh, uh, Lord, I need your help here and I'm gonna show you that I'm serious about getting your grace. Are we gonna find the gr- grace in the eyes of the Lord if we're not willing to do our part all right, Amen. Uh, of course, the Lord could come in, swoop in, and save the day. He, could, Boaz, could have uh, come over and said, "I'm going to give you everything. This whole field is now yours." Maybe he allowed her to do the work. He gave her an opportunity to do what she needed to do in order to be fed. I hope I hope that that makes sense. Don't don't quit on your work for the Lord because of a problem that's going on in your life. Dig in deeper. Work harder. Show the Lord that you're serious and that you and that you want His help. Amen. Um. It's kind of a kind of a side note here before we move on. Uh, just the last few words of verse seven there that she tarried a little in the house. I love that this is added uh, in there just to show there was a time of rest and it was a little time of rest. And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with a little time of rest. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I tend to rest not a little, all right? I, 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 whenever I get into a kind of a, a, a lazy mode, I have a hard time getting myself out of that uh, uh, lazy state of mind, amen? But she, she came and she tarried a little in the house. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. I love this thought here that, that it's okay to rest every once in a while. It's, like, it's okay to, but it's, it's important for us to know what we're supposed to do when we're resting, Amen. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says this, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Honestly, how many of you when we did the um when we did the, the the last series of banners here, how many of you caught my huge uh, faux pas, my mistake on the when we put Matthew eleven and and verse twenty nine over here, and I put take my yolk y o l k upon you and learn of me. Anyways, and so uh, we had to replace that banner. And so I told people I literally had egg on my face, all right, um, <laughs> over there on that banner. But it's because it autocorrect didn't kick in. Yolk is a word, amen. So I, I'm, I'm looking for those red lines, you know, while I'm, I gotta look a little closer, amen. But uh, anyhow, but um, um, what are we supposed to do when we rest? Come unto me, spend time with me. We're so, we're so focused on getting to that next piece of entertainment or relaxation. Or, and, and we're going to get burnt out as Christians trying to do the work of the Lord and not taking time to stop and rest and spend time with him. Amen. And get to know the one that we are serving, the one that we love. That's the motivation. That's the rest that we're supposed to find in him. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 40. And for time's sake, I'm going to start reading here. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, "Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me." And Jesus answered and said unto her, "Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her." Martha is busy and she's working and she's saying, "Why, Mary, what are you doing? What are you? Mary's." taking a little break. She's tarrying a little in the house. She's coming because she's come to sit at the feet of the one that she loves, to hear him teach, to hear him speak. And she's getting her rest in that moment. And Jesus, he, said, he chastises uh, Martha here, and he says, hold on a second. I understand that you're upset. I understand that you've got a lot going on, but, but Mary's doing the needful thing, a, a, a needful thing right now, an important thing that as Christians... Uh, um, most of us have the the other problem, and that is that we rest too long, <laughs> amen. <laughs> but but there are some there are some of us that we're just going 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 going. We're involved in everything. We want to be a part of everything, and all of that is good. But rest, but spend time with the Savior, amen. but get to know Him. But rest, all right, and uh, and listen to His voice, amen. Um, Ruth two and verse eight. Ruth two and verse eight. I'm going to hurry through my last. Uh, Two points here. The Bible says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And so uh, I see... Here, uh, a sample of goodness, a sample of goodness, just, just a little glimpse of the goodness that she's going to eventually receive with Boaz. And she came, and what's awesome about this story is she came seeking grace, and she found so much more than she could have possibly imagined in the story. And we came, and, and, and I would imagine that most, if not all of us, when we trusted Christ as our Savior, it was about us. It was about what we could gain, and it was about what we could miss. We wanted to go to heaven. We didn't want to go to hell. We were looking for the grace of God on our lives. We were looking for his mercy. But there's so much more to our relationship with God than that. And I I love hearing Pastor Bish talk about the goodness of God. If we'll stop and count our blessings, it is overwhelming what he has done for us. Uh, The illustration is it would be a man on death row. And I go to that man on death row and I say, I say, uh, um, uh, I'm going to take your place today. Not only am I going to die for the sin that you committed, for the crime that you committed, but you're going to walk free. And not only are you going to walk free, but every dollar that's in my name and everything that I possess and everything that I am capable of giving you is now yours right? And, and we spend so much time, and we ought to, and we ought to, being thankful for getting let out of that cell. But how often do we take for granted all of the blessings, all of the goodness that God has given to us? And so in the, in the story about Boaz, he comes over to her and he says, don't go anywhere else. Don't go anywhere else. You will always be taken care of here. And if you're thirsty, you can come right over here. And I'm going to tell all these guys to, 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 to make sure you feel safe and comfortable here. And if you need a place to rest, my house is open. And he lays it out for her and he says, he says, anything and everything that you need, I, I will make sure that it is provided for you here. She went finding grace and she found so much more than she could possibly imagine. If we'd take the time to study our Bibles and learn about all of the blessings and opportunities and ways that we can, that we have, oh, what a blessing it is to just to be able to serve the Lord, that he wants us in his service is a blessing. Yeah all of the ways that he's been good to us. How can we not be thankful? I looked up several different verses here when I was looking up verses on the goodness of God and I just had to stop. I just had to stop studying and just read a list of probably 80 verses, something like that, that I found, amen. But I just pulled out a couple of my favorite ones. Psalm 31, 19 says, oh, how great is thou uh, thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, amen, which that, that fear thee, there's a prerequisite there, follow the Lord, uh, uh, love his commandments, Amen. Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. James one seventeen says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variable uh, variableness, neither shadow of turning. Psalm thirty four eight says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Uh, Nahum one seven says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Are you noticing a pattern here? He is good to those who trust in him. Amen. Uh, Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Uh, we need to be focused on the goodness of the Lord and thankful for it. Amen. Um, uh, just a side note here, back in, back in uh, uh, verse, uh, let's see here, um, oh, verse number nine, back in verse number nine, Uh, The the verse starts, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And I know Pastor Bish already spent a lot of time talking about missions conference, but we're praying about missions conference and hopefully our hearts are getting in tune. But are your eyes on the field right now, our field here, Wallingford and Meriden and, 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 and our surrounding area here? Let your eye. How can we pray and 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 uh, and ask the Lord to 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 what we're supposed to give for for missions, all sorts of things, and not have our eyes on the field that's right here in front of us? Let thine eyes. That's just a side note, <laughs> but but when but when I saw that, I immediately thought of our missions conference coming up. Are are my eyes on the field? Am I focused on what our church is truly supposed to be all about? And that is winning souls for Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and then Ruth chapter uh, two and verse ten. Verse number 10, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me seeing I am a stranger, amen? And so we had a search for grace, a story for gle- a story of gleaning, a sample of goodness and now a spirit of gratitude, amen? Psalm 1071, we sing it all the time. We quote it all the time. I hope it never loses its luster as we as we talk about, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. And here, here is Ruth in the middle of her impoverished state desperately working and she is given not just grace but goodness and she responds in the right way i mean she could have she could have responded in 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 that and said uh uh you know uh, are you really gonna have me still working out here in the field you come over here and you tell me oh i can still work here why don't you just give me i mean just give me some of this why do i have to work for all this why do i have to work to get i mean look i'm i'm a beautiful young woman all right, you really want me out here in the field, sweating and stuff, behind all these you know smelly guys and stuff out here in the field. All right, uh, you know she could have she could have thrown up a bunch of excuses. She could have said, "I'm not even from around here." You know she could have. There were all sorts of things that she could have said or tried. Or no, she she said, "Why have I found grace in thy sight?" That little bit of goodness that he showed to her, and she responded with a spirit of gratitude for what she was offered. Amen. And you can always tell a servant by how they act when they're treated like one. That's a big indicator of whether or not a person has a spirit's heart. When you treat someone like a servant, how do they respond to that? That reveals how they view themselves in their own own heart and in their own mind, amen? Uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 27 says, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. There's words of Jesus Christ himself, amen? And what we think, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, what we think about, sorry, not what, when, a typo here, when we think <laughs> about who we are, who he is, what we deserve, what he deserves, amen? It ought to immediately become very easy for us to walk around with a spirit of gratitude about what we have in our lives, amen? And uh, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish up there. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll be finished this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you.